and welcome to the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the show about starting, growing, and marketing your purpose-led business. No magic wands, no false promises, just simple, straightforward, and honest advice based on decades of experience. I'm your host, Sarah Price, and you are ready to actually make a difference. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Actually Making a Difference podcast. And I cannot believe that this is episode number 60. Time flies when you're having fun. So this episode goes live at the beginning of October, which is my favourite month of the year. I adore autumn. I love the cool, crisp days, the colours in nature. I love log fires and the harvest and getting all my woolly jumpers out of the loft if the moths haven't eaten them all up. It is the season of mellow fruitfulness, Sunday roasts and apple crumble. And October is also my birthday month. After all, why have a single day when you can have an entire month, right? And whilst my mum used to tell me that as I got older, celebrating my birthday would become less important, I've got to be honest, I've not so far found that to be the case. On the contrary, I have a fervent belief in the importance of celebrations, big and small. And I don't think we do enough of it in life or in business. That's a subject for a whole other podcast episode. In fact, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to do an episode about the importance of celebrations. But back to this week's episode. I love autumn. I love October. And I love celebrating my birthday, which falls on the 22nd. A few years ago, I was thinking about how best to celebrate my birthday with the Ashley community when I came up with an idea, the birthday bonanza. It was one of those ideas that just seems to land fully formed. And as soon as it did, I knew it was going to be great. Allow me to explain. Starting on the 1st of October, I ask a daily question over in the Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. Every day for 21 days. The questions are designed to get you thinking about your passion, your purpose, your business, your marketing, and the difference that you are here to make. Every day for 21 days. And every day for 21 days has a prize allocated to it, either donated by me and team actually, or by one of our amazing Actually partners and friends. Answer that day's question by midnight UK time, and you are in with a chance of winning that day's prize. But that's not all. There are also three grand prizes. The Champion of Champions prize, which goes to one participant who answers all of the questions before midnight on the 21st of October. It doesn't matter when you complete them. To be in with a chance of winning that prize, all you have to do is have answered them all before the final whistle blows. There's also an overall prize for our creativity champion and for our community champion. In fact, I'm giving away over £15,000 worth of prizes in the next three weeks. Why? Well, as I said, firstly, to celebrate my birthday. I agree with the saying that it is better to give than to receive. And I get so much pleasure and enjoyment from the big prize winners announcement, which I do on my birthday on the 22nd, that I would do this birthday bonanza just for that reason alone. But it's also a great way to connect with my community. 
a friend of mine who is a professional market research specialist said, congratulations, Sarah, you've gamified market research, which I suppose in a way I have. The Bonanza is a fun way to find out more about all of you so that I can make sure that we're meeting your wants and needs in the year ahead. And finally, it's just a fun way to encourage you to think about your business, about your marketing, to think about your challenges, the kind of support you might need and where you find your joy. Anyway, this podcast episode isn't actually about the birthday bonanza, although you might be mistaken for thinking that it is. And if you want to take part, you should definitely head over and join the Facebook group now. The link is in the show notes. But this episode was prompted by the bonanza because, you see, the question I'm asking today over in the bonanza in the group is this. What is the biggest challenge you face in your business right now? And I ask that question not to depress people by getting them to dive into the depths of how difficult it is to start and grow a purpose-led business. I ask it to understand your challenges better and also so that everybody in the group can see that they are not alone in facing difficulties. Because we all have a tendency to see other business owners posting on social media, the edited highlights, of course, and we think that everybody is doing so much better than we are, that we're alone in our struggles and in the challenges we face, that we must be doing something wrong. Comparisonitis sets in and gets out of control, fuels imposter syndrome, sets our inner critic into overdrive. And before you know it, you're in a spiral. Seeing that everybody experiences challenges as they start and grow their business is actually reassuring. You're not alone. Even those people that you believe are super successful, they have their challenges too. So in the spirit of that question and in the interests of reassuring you that everybody has their challenges, this episode is about answering that question myself and sharing with you the three biggest challenges I have faced and in some cases I'm still facing on my own business journey. And if I have them, I will offer some pearls of wisdom or some hard-won experience about how to overcome those challenges. Challenge number one, time. (laughs) The perennial cry of the business owner, I simply don't have enough time. This is a particular challenge when you're just starting out and it's just you. You're a solo entrepreneur and if you don't do something in your business, then it doesn't get done. Even more challenging if you're running your business as a side hustle alongside a part-time or a full-time job. How many times a day, a week, do you catch yourself saying or thinking, I don't have time. I'd love to do that, but I don't have time. I'd love to do that training, but I don't have time. I really need to write my book, but I don't have time. I would love to create a new course for my clients, but I don't have time. I'd love to go to that training or read that lead magnet or read that book that's going to help me in my business, but I don't have time. And of course, we prioritise the things that our clients pay for. Well, that's how we make our money, right? So by delivering what our clients want and need. So that's a given. And then we probably prioritise the things that we're good at. 
the things that we love or the things that we find joyful. I mean, after all, if you're going to be stuck at your desk all the hours that God sends, then at least in your own business, it can be doing things you actually want to do, right? And then there's the stuff that we absolutely have to do. VAT returns, for example, or invoicing. And maybe if you've listened to me at all, the occasional bit of marketing. And before you know it, 12 hours have gone by and you need to get to bed before getting up to do it all over again tomorrow. The problem is that you're in the weeds, so busy working in your business that you have no time to work on it. No time to think clearly about your strategy. No time to think creatively about honing your offer. No time to consider how best to position your work and attract your ideal clients more effectively. I hear you because this is me and it drives me nuts. For years, I would listen to coaches and mentors who told me that I don't have time is just another way of saying that something isn't a priority for me. And you know what? That may be partly right, but it's not particularly helpful because when I was starting out, it wasn't that working on my business wasn't a priority. It was that I had 75 priorities all at the same time and only me to deliver them. So let me try and be a little bit more helpful because there are three things that have made the difference when facing this challenge. The first, getting support. And I know that that isn't an option for everyone, but it was a game changer for me. I invested in having a VA from day one of actually. I also made sure that I had great suppliers and great partners who could help with the tech and the finance elements, things that are not in my zone of genius. And as soon as the business could afford it, I recruited my first employee, the fabulous Hannah, who many of you in the community know. She's my assistant, but also my sounding board, the heart of our community, and essential to my being able to maintain my sanity. So first things first, get support. Secondly, structure and boundaries. This year, I put in place a structure for my working week with client days on Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays and keeping Wednesdays and Fridays clear of meetings to allow me the time and space I need for creativity and admin. And it does mean that my client days are jam-packed. But the freedom of knowing that I have two days clear of meetings to just write and think and create and get rid of all the emails in my inbox, that's priceless. Now, I know that I need to get better at maintaining my boundaries around this structure. And for 2024, I'm going to be extending it and really enforcing our office hours policy and our no meeting days. Structures and boundaries really help you with time, as has remembering that this is my business. The deadlines, the frameworks, the timeframes and the ways of working, they're all up to me. I no longer have to abide by the rules that say I have to be at my desk at 9am and I have to work Monday to Friday. I can work whenever I like. I am not a morning person. I am someone who has a little dip in the afternoon and I'm a night owl. 
So it actually suits me better not to work first thing in the morning, to have a little disco nap in the afternoon and then work later into the evening. And I can do that. And if I choose to take a day or two off during the week and work at the weekend instead, I can do that too. And so can you. Remember, your time is your own inside your business. Challenge number two, engagement. Social media has been my primary marketing tool since I started actually, and it has been an ongoing experiment as the algorithms change, as my understanding and knowledge changes, as my community has evolved. And I have said from day one, that reach, i.e. the number of people who see your content, is important. But engagement is more so, because it's not just about getting in front of people. It's about engaging with them, deepening your understanding, nurturing your relationship, allowing them the opportunity to get to know you as you also get to know them. Now, there have been times in the four years that actually has been going that our engagement has been phenomenal, off the charts. And there have been others when it has felt like tumbleweed. I have learnt and relearnt a lot. And when our engagement dips these days, I now know what the issue is and how to address it. So again, let me give you three tips for if your challenge is driving engagement on social media. The first thing to remember is that it is a conversation. Now, most often, if engagement drops on my social content or in my groups, it's because I've allowed myself to get tired, to get overwhelmed. I've started to focus too much on what I want to say instead of engaging in conversation. I've slipped into broadcast mode, which is really easy to do when you're tired. All good marketing is a conversation. Think about your best conversations in the pub or with friends or family. How do they go? What works to draw out that conversation? And then consider your social media content. Does it resemble that kind of conversation or are you broadcasting at people? One of the reasons that conversations flow is because we're genuinely interested in the person that we're talking to. And so tip number two, and probably the most important of all of these tips, is be curious. Ask questions. Our conversations with friends are to and fro, back and forth, because we want to understand them. We want to get to know them. We want to hear their views. We want to understand their lives. If your social media content isn't engaging people, ask yourself, are you being curious enough? And then number three, focus. You know, it's really hard to maintain engagement across multiple platforms simultaneously. Learn from the mistake that I made. When I first started, actually, I decided that I was going to post on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Now, between the groups my personal profiles, my business pages. I was soon posting in eight or nine different places every single day. And not only was that utterly exhausting for me, I think it was probably overwhelming for my audience as well. It made it really hard to maintain engagement. I took the decision earlier this year to pull back from LinkedIn. I reviewed the data 
And it just wasn't working for me as a platform. And I'll be honest, the relief was palpable. Not only that, but by focusing my attention on Facebook and to a lesser extent on Instagram, I've been able to really rapidly increase engagement on those platforms. So when your engagement dips, remember these three things. It's a conversation. Be curious and focus. They are really simple, but easy to forget and very easy to slip into bad habits. I do it too. But these solutions led to engagement in my Facebook group growing by over 200% recently. This stuff works. So challenge number one, I don't have enough time. Challenge number two, driving consistent engagement on your social media. Here's challenge number three that I experience and, and I'm still experience. And let's call it overcoming Doris. Doris, for those of you who don't know her, is my inner critic. And I know that a lot of you listening also have a vocal inner critic. In fact, I did a whole research study on this about five or six years ago that showed that about 90% of women had a very harsh inner critic. And I have subsequently found several studies that suggest that a majority of men have a similar voice inside their mind telling them that they are not good enough. Now, Doris, my inner critic, pretty loud at times, and it can be difficult to stay motivated, to keep moving forward, to try new things and take risks when she's muttering away inside my head 24-7. Here's what's helped me. First of all, find a cheerleader. Now, in an ideal world, you will learn to be your own cheerleader and to have an internal voice that counteracts whatever your version of Doris may be. But until then, find an external cheerleader. After more than four years of actually, I have come to realise that a really big part of my work, and in some ways, maybe the most important part, is to be your cheerleader, to remind you of how awesome you are, to encourage you when you're feeling like it's all too hard, to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, and to hold on to your dreams for you when you're exhausted and they feel too heavy to carry. It's a job that I love and I always knew it was going to be part of what I do. I just never realised how big a part it would be. But if you are looking for a cheerleader, then I volunteer because if you let your Doris rule the roost, she or he will hold you back from being more visible, starting or growing your business and stepping up to make that difference that you're here to make in the world. So find a cheerleader. If it isn't me, find someone else. The second tip I would share with you is to be mindful of your language. So many people put themselves down every day without fully understanding the importance of the language they use and how it feeds that inner critic, shaping their view of themselves. Now, I know the importance of this because I slip into this habit too. If I make a mistake, the voice in my head and often the one that comes out of my mouth will berate me. I'm so stupid, I'm useless, or I'm such a failure. Sound familiar? But here's the thing, I'm not stupid. I am absolutely not useless and nor am I by any measure a failure. 
every time I repeat these lies, I am feeding Doris and undermining my inner cheerleader. So we have a rule now in the actually office. Whenever we make a mistake, we cannot say, I am. We say, I have done. Not, I am stupid, but I have done something stupid. I have made a mistake. And we cannot use harsh language about ourselves. Instead, we might say, I have done something suboptimal. And then we laugh because suboptimal is such a great word. Remember, you're not defined by the mistakes you make, big or small. You are not stupid. You are not useless. You are not a failure. Just remember, I have done something suboptimal. Okay, listen, learn, and write a letter. This is the other way that I help to overcome Doris. I don't try and tell Doris to shut up. She is like a child. If I do that, she just shouts more loudly. So instead, I remember that she comes from fear and her role is to try and keep me safe. I get it. And so I listen in the same way that I would listen to an elderly aunt who may be a bit of a negative Nelly, but really has my best interests at heart. And I learn what I can from what she shares because there are sometimes little nuggets of wisdom in her mutterings. And then I thank her for her concern And I merrily carry on with doing what I was going to do all along. Sometimes I write her a letter as a journaling exercise that explains just how grateful I am for her concern, how I understand why she's fearful, and then why I'm going to do what I'm doing anyway. Interestingly, Doris always pipes down for a while after she's had a letter from me. So why don't you try it too? So those are the three biggest challenges I have faced in this business. Finding the time, coping with the dips in engagement on my social media content, and overcoming Doris the inner critic. Hopefully, you can see as a result of listening to this episode that you're not alone. We all experience challenges. All of those picture-perfect, highlights-only social media posts, well, they don't tell you the full picture. Sometimes, Our challenges are one-offs and sometimes the same ones recur over and over again. Sometimes we never fully overcome them. I suspect Doris will be muttering away in some recess of my mind for most of my life. But we cannot allow these challenges to hold us back. So I hope that this episode has been useful and that if you suffer from any of the same challenges as me, that you will try some of the remedies I've shared and that they will help you because it's time and you are ready to actually make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Actually Making a Difference podcast with me, Sarah Price. Come and join a community of purpose in our free and friendly Actually Making a Difference Facebook group because now that you're part of my world, you need never feel alone on this entrepreneurial journey and you will always be welcome. 